Hey, welcome back to the Friday edition of 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. Alongside me, as always, is John Paulson, the senior editor at 444.com. I'm Anthony Stalzer. John, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? Doing all right. Uh, tell us a little bit about the music before we dive into the Thursday night football game and all the uh, fantasy note, news and notes that we have for today. Uh, yeah, that was a band um, called Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears. Uh they're from Austin, and they're kind of a soul funk uh, type of a band. A little bit of blues in there as well. Nice. The name of the track is PTP. Uh, it was just released uh, November 2016. It's a single. You can find it on Spotify. You can look on our Spotify playlist, the most accurate podcast playlist. Um, search on Spotify for that. If you don't find it, you can always go to the 444 website. And uh, click on one of the podcast posts, and you can. Uh, there's a link in there to the uh, the podcast uh, playlist. So check it out. Excellent. Let's talk about the Thursday night football game. The Chiefs hang on to beat the Raiders, twenty-one to thirteen. Oakland had certainly its opportunities throughout the course of the second half to make the game uh, even closer. And Derek Carr was just off the offense for the Raiders. The passing game specifically was off because let's say this Murray had Murray had a pretty good game. It, to me, the storyline, fantasy or otherwise, John, was the emergence uh, once again of, of uh, Tyreek Hill. He had six catches, 66 yards, and a long touchdown on six six targets. He also had a punt return for a touchdown. And boy, this guy has just emerged as a true weapon and and somebody for the Chiefs that, that has added another dimension to that offense. What kind of fantasy upside are we talking about for Hill for the rest of the season? Yeah, with uh, Macklin coming back, I was getting lots of questions. You know, is Hill still a good start? And I had him ranked, uh, I think, 27th in standard formats, which is a a bit higher than uh, my peers. Uh, If you look at the expert consensus rankings um, over at fantasypros.com. But I thought that Hill, you know, he also brings something in the the running game. He only had the one carry for two yards, but they typically, you know, give it to him once or twice, and he's 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 a threat there. He obviously had the return touchdown as well. Um, so if you're in a return league, that's a double bonus there. Um, but the six catches, 66 yards and a touchdown on six targets. You look at Macklin, uh, he just isn't what he was last year in this offense. Uh, three targets, one catch for 16 yards. I really wasn't expecting a whole lot in his first game back, especially the cold weather, uh, dealing with the, the injury. Um, so, you know, Hill was a clear start for me. And then now, uh, with him producing again, this time with uh, Macklin in the offense, uh, you know I think he's a, a pretty solid uh, wide receiver three. I think depending on the matchup, he might end up being a wide receiver two uh, going forward. The the issue with him is that he doesn't play eighty ninety percent of the snaps. He's more of a part time player, but when he's on the field, they're they're actively trying to get him the ball. Is there anybody else that you want to discuss from last night's game before we move on to the biggest injury news of the week? Well, I thought the running games were interesting between the two teams. I, I, I thought Ware was going to have an easier time uh, finding running lanes in Latavius Murray, and it ended up being uh, the opposite with Murray uh, getting 103 yards and, on 22 carries and a touchdown. Uh, Spencer Ware had 20 carries for 56 yards, uh, but then the, the touchdown got vultured by Charkandrick West, uh, Ware didn't do much in the passing game either. One catch for seven yards, which was a little surprising because he's been pretty active uh, in the passing game. And then maybe you can speak to this, but what happened to Derek Carr? Uh, I, I had Amari Cooper at eight in standard formats. And when that pass was thrown to him, uh, in the, I guess it was the second half, because I saw the second half of the game. I didn't see the first half of the game. But uh, Carr you know, threw a long, pretty nice ball. Uh, at least it was fairly on target. And... 
Cooper just lost it or whatever, but that would have been like a 75-yard touchdown. Um, Crabtree's struggles are not too surprising given his matchups in the secondary. I thought Cooper would do a lot better. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened with Cooper on that one play specifically. They mentioned on the broadcast maybe it, it got caught up in one of the lights or he just lost track of where the football was during you know in the air. But, boy, Amari Cooper is, is one of the – the best wide receivers I've I've seen coming out of college in quite a long time from a route running standpoint and being able to locate the football uh, kind of in that that zone where you're you're worried about the defender completing your route and then looking to find where the ball is kind of that blind spot that coaches talk about sometimes so I don't know what happened there I think with Derek Carr you know one thing that people may may view as an excuse but it's a reality he doesn't play well in cold weather and this this goes back to his days at Fresno State and the media kind of asked him about it this week, and he said, look, you know, we played Colorado State, we played Air Force, we played a couple other teams in the Mountain West where I've had to play in cold weather, I've done fine. But as a pro, his statistics seemingly get worse in December. So uh, I think that was a factor, and you can't discount the fact that he's playing with that dislocated pinky. You saw him a couple of times not want to touch the football uh, when he was throwing, and then he went to his offhand when he was handing the ball off a couple of times to Murray. That that certainly impacted it, and Kansas City seemingly has uh, Oakland's Oakland's. Um, uh, you know they they they, they kind of have their number. So really, just a poor performance by the passing game for the Raiders last night as a whole. If I just when I'm ranking, like I got some questions about my Derek Carr ranking. I had him 15th, and he's been you know significantly better this year sure. than 15th. Uh, but it was, you know, it comes from the the line, and it comes from the the, the expected uh, points scored by the by the Raiders, and it comes from, uh, you know, what the what the pass offense is producing, what the pass defense is, is allowing. And then I looked at Derek Carr's splits just to, before this pod because I knew he was better on the road than he was at home, and that was one of the things that I was kind of struggling with with this ranking. Uh, he he averages two point one five touchdowns, point three one interceptions on the road. Thirteen road games the last last two years, seven point two yards per attempt at home. He averages six point nine nine yards per attempt, one point eight seven touchdowns versus point nine three interceptions. So his you know he's about two fancy points better uh, on average at on the road than at home. So this is just kind of a weird situation uh, against Kansas City. And for whatever reason. Like I said, I mean, Kansas City has kind of had his number in the past, but as you brought up, they ran the ball pretty well last night. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't get it done. Now, I mentioned the fact that he, you know, by by month, this December has kind of given him him some issues. This this year, his completion percentage, 66.9, 65.9, 67. Those are the first three months. His completion percentage drops all the way down to 47.4 in two games in December. Uh, you never do a blind experiment. Uh, John, because you can't control what the, what the outcome is going to be, but I'm going to do it anyways. Okay, this is going to work out. So December last year, 63% completion percentage in September, October 68, November 61, drops all the way down to 54.9% in December. So there's something to this where, again, I think the weather kind of affects it, and he just maybe he's a little bit more banged up as the season wears on, but he's a different quarterback in the month of December. Kind of something to keep an eye on. Yeah, we may not be talking this much about this if if – if uh, if he if Mark Cooper had caught that pass and gone for the touchdown, because we'd probably be at 200, 200 yards passing and a touchdown, which isn't quite as uh, bad as is his one hundred seventeen yard zero touchdown zero interception uh, 
uh, game. I think he probably lost a couple of uh, more than a couple of fantasy playoff games out there. Uh, people were counting sure. on him to have a bigger game. But this is also uh, the the whole Thursday thing. I, I get really leery about ranking Thursday players. Uh, too high uh, because uh, you know there's a lack of preparation for their opponent, and uh, you know maybe they they didn't have as much time to recover between games. And I just wish the NFL would get rid of these Thursday games because it's it's really making my life a living hell, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and it all it's about John Paulson. So yes. that, that's hashtag, hashtag uh, fantasy analyst uh, problems, right? Yeah, there you go, it, John. We got to talk about the big injury story today, and that and that's Julio Jones. He's a game time decision. I have Julio Jones, and and I'm in the playoffs with that team with Julio. I'm not starting him. I I can't roll the dice. It's a later game. Muhammad Sanu is also out. I picked up Taylor Gabriel. I'm thinking about starting either Sterling Shepard or uh, maybe Michael Floyd or or maybe even Taylor Gabriel. But I can't play Julio Jones coming off a turf turf toe injury when he when he really hasn't practiced all week. Uh, and even if he does suit up, he he could potentially be a decoy. Am I crazy with that line of thought? And then what's the impact on Matt Ryan? Well, I think what I'm looking for is something from Schefter, or, uh, you know, Ian Rappaport or something, saying that uh, the, you know that the Falcons are expecting him to play. It's 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 an issue for my rankings as well. Right now, I have him at four, but I'm I'm kind of waiting for something on Saturday to tell me. Uh, what his real status is. Uh, Schefter did say that he's expect, or the, the, the Falcons are expecting him to play. Um, uh, Dan Quinn, the, the head coach there said that it was going to be a, a game time decision. So with the late kickoff, it's just really a headache. Um, if you're looking at Matt Ryan, I think it's, uh, makes him pretty risky, uh, of a start. You, you, you go back to 2013, 2016, the splits between, uh, when Julio is playing, when Julio is not playing. And it's pretty stark, uh, you know, with Julio, uh, Matt Ryan has averaged, uh, eight yards per attempt, 1.8, uh, passing touchdowns, 1.81 uh, interceptions, 300 yards passing. Without Julio in the lineup, it's down to 264 yards passing, 6.96 yards per attempt, 1.5 touchdowns, and 1.25 interceptions. So the, the, the turnovers turn, uh, go way up there, uh, without Julio in the lineup. So I think this is a risky start, especially with, uh, Mohamed Sanu already ruled out. Uh, now you're looking at Taylor Gabriel, Justin Hardy, and who else do they have their receiver that uh, uh, they uh, have the uh, Aldrich, Aldrich Robinson. Aldrich Aldrich Robinson. Robinson, yeah. Yep. So I mean, that's you're, you've taken a big step down in your receiving core, and I think it makes Matt Ryan more of a, you know, if, if I knew Julio was out, I would probably have him ranked in the in the teens or the low teens because. Um, He's just, I mean, Julio is making, helping to make that offense go. And if you take out your biggest cog, uh, it's not going to, the machine is not going to run uh, as efficiently for sure. And I, I was doing my Matt Ryan write-up last night and I dug out this stat. After scoring 19 plus fantasy points in seven of his first nine games, Matt Ryan has failed to reach that threshold in each of his last three games. So even with Julio Jones in the lineup, Matt Ryan's fantasy value has has gone down uh, consistently over the last three weeks. So just something to think about. And with with owners, John, I think a lot of people were picking up Matt Ryan in the second or third week after their starter struggled or after Matt Ryan kind of caught fire. So maybe you have another option other than Matt Ryan. John, RG3 is activated, and he's going to start against the Cincinnati Bengals when the, the Browns host the Bengals this weekend. What's the upside for guys like Terrell Pryor? What's the impact for Corey Coleman, Duke Johnson? Kind of run through the Browns gamut here. Yeah, the Browns uh, feel like they're, he's going to help their running game. I, I read a news item about that. Isaiah Crowell, uh, Duke Johnson, they, they feel like maybe RG3's 
uh, ability to run the ball will will help their ability to to find running lanes. Uh, and there's some logic to that. Uh, RG three had a good preseason, uh, won that starting job. He had, I think he had a long touchdown pass to Terrell Pryor. He had a nice strike to the tight end Gary Barnage uh, as well. Looked pretty good in the preseason. The first, first game though, he didn't play very well. Uh, he did target uh, Pryor seven times, uh, Coleman five times, and uh, Duke Johnson five times in that first game. So um, those seemed like the, his primary targets. Uh, he does have a history of throwing to the tight end uh, with his days in um, in Washington. Uh, Jordan Reed there. So uh, the, I think the question is, how rusty is he coming off of this long layoff? And what's the weather like in Cleveland? Because uh, I've, I've seen various uh, forecasts there. Mark Ingram and Michael Thomas returned to practice on Friday. Ingram's been dealing with a foot injury. Uh, Michael Thomas has been, I think Ingram's, sorry, he's been dealing with a toe injury. Michael Thomas has been dealing with a foot injury. So they're they're kind of questionable throughout the week, but they were they both returned on Friday. Michael Thomas, John, I would imagine, is a solid wide receiver too. What about Mark Ingram? Yeah, I think they're I think they're both you know going to be ranked uh, maybe slightly below where I would rank them if they were fully healthy. It's kind of how I operate, um, especially if, if a player is not practicing on Wednesday and Thursday. It, it seems like it's a fairly uh, nagging injury that uh, it, you know if they're not even out there, they're obviously trying to get rest and recovery. Uh, before showing up on Friday, and then they're not not maybe not as prepared or 100% healthy, and that's that's an issue. Um, but I think you know you're, the the Bucks have been playing better defense of late. Um, Ingram is uh, going to be ranked as a as a low end RB two, but he's got upside. Uh, the question there is how much does uh, Tim Hightower eat into his uh, workload? That wasn't much last week at all, um, but. Uh, Traveris Cadet was an issue in the passing game uh, in terms of stealing some targets. Uh, Michael Thomas has been fantastic. Uh, he's been the most consistent uh, receiver there uh, pretty much uh, for, the, for the Saints, and I think he'll uh, have a pretty good day. Um, uh, the question is how, how much does he practice today? I know he's back, but I don't know if it was a full practice, if it was, it was limited, and, and what sort of prognosis do they have for Sunday? Let's talk about another injured running back. How about Ryan Matthews? He's seemingly back in the fold. So, what does that mean for the Philadelphia backfield? Well, he's you know he's had some multi-touchdown games, and then he's had games where he's completely disappeared. But the thing that makes me a little bit optimistic about Matthews this week is the matchup with the with the Redskins. They've they've yielded a, a high yards per carry on the year. Um, and then Wendell Smallwood just really didn't do anything with the job. So he didn't really take the job or, or do anything that would, uh, cause the, uh, uh, the Eagles to, to give him extra touches this week. So we might see a Matthews Sproles, uh, backfield kind of like what we thought we would see at the start of the season. And they've been trying to work in, uh, Smallwood. Uh, maybe they go back to, to Matthews and, and Sproles, uh, but it's, you know, Matthews is not dependable, uh, but if you're in a pinch and you need a flex or RB2, he, he does have multi-touchdown upside. What do you make of the Chicago wide receiver situation? you got Marquise Wilson's dealing with a groin injury. He may play, and then Bellamy has a shoulder injury. He's a little dinged up. So what would you do from a fantasy perspective here with the Chicago wide receiver sitch? Well, it was pretty funny. Uh, you know, I was I tweeted out uh, some text that I was writing for our injury reports that I send out essential, essential uh, practice notes um, that I do every Monday, Wednesday, or Wednesday, uh, Thursday, Friday. And 
the, I would just read you the sentence that I wrote, which was pretty funny considering this is, we're talking about the Chicago bears. He was a favorite target of Matt Barkley in week 12. So his return, I'm talking about Marcus Wilson. Marcus Wilson was a favorite target of Matt Barkley in week 12. So his return would put a dent in the targets of Josh Bellamy and Cameron Meredith. I mean, we were, we were supposed to be talking about Jay Cutler and uh, Kevin White and Alshon Jeffrey, right? And, you know, right. Zach Miller, maybe. But we're, they're, they're just down to, to this at receiver. Um, it's not a bad matchup against the Lions, although they've been playing uh, better defense lately. They've been kind of doing the keep away thing, and uh, it's helped them defensively. Uh, Barkley has played pretty well, uh, even though his numbers didn't really show it last week due to the drops. Um, but uh, I think... If Wilson is back, you have to kind of give him the inside track because he had such a big game two weeks ago with Barkley. Uh, and then with Wilson out, it was, uh, you know, Bellamy that, uh, you know, had the bigger game and, and uh, dropped a would-be uh, game-winning touchdown. Um, so if Wilson is back, I don't know, you know, you can really capitalize on this other than maybe run Wilson out there, but he's got a groin injury and that makes him a little bit iffy in terms of uh, his, his upside in, in production. Jordan Reed potentially could return this Sunday. What's the impact on the Washington wide receivers if he does play? Well, it was interesting because I looked at, I also tweeted this uh, out, but I, I looked at uh, Jamison Crowder, Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garcon. Uh, this year, you know, in the three games that Reed missed versus the nine that he played in, uh, all those all those receivers actually produced at the same level or higher when Reed was in the lineup than if he was out. And normally you would expect that to be the opposite because there's extra targets going around. Um, and that means production for these other guys. But I don't think it really is a big downgrade for those three receivers. It's obviously a downgrade for Vernon Davis. Um, if he's, uh, you know, not playing, he's not on the field as much because Reed is back in the lineup. Uh, so, that that's the one rub. I think it's definitely an upgrade for, for Kirk Cousins to have uh, his tight end back. We have a four for four price reduction announcement for you. Uh, and then after this, we'll get into some sneaky starts that John has. If you've ever wanted to test drive four for four, trust us. Now is the perfect time to do so. The price of the, for a rest of a season subscription. So the rest of the season has been cut to just $9. That price Again, is good for the rest of the season. You get a DFS subscription. Uh, if if you want to go with a DFS subscription, I should say that's been reduced to thirty nine dollars. So if you want to buy John a nice Big Mac, go to his Twitter page at four for four underscore John and click on the link in his pinned tweet at the top of the page before signing up, and he'll get a little kickback. So is that what you want, John? You want a Big Mac for the holidays? Yeah, Big Mac, maybe a double double. We usually go to uh, In and Out here, but uh, Big Mac's universal, right? Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. So do, do that. It's it's a great time to try it. And $9, rest of the season subscription. Again, DFS subscription. If you're looking for a DFS subscription, that's been reduced to 39 So now's the time to jump on. All right, sneaky starts, John. Trevor Simeon, he's going to be back for the Broncos. They take on the Tennessee Titans. Why do you like him as a potential sneaky start? Well, it looks like he's going to be back. So tomorrow, I guess Gary Kubiak's going to make the final decision. He has the foot injury. Uh, they're going to do a walkthrough. I guess they're going to see how he... Uh, does there how he looks there before uh, giving him the nod? Uh, Paxton Lynch was not um, a good solution uh, last week for them. Uh, and then you look at the matchup. So Simeon uh, would be facing the uh, number thirty-two ranked uh, Tennessee Titans. Uh, just a fancy points allowed to quarterbacks. Trevor Simeon uh, or the, the, that matchup there with the Titans is 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 a real real nice one for him. And the up, there's going to be an upgrade to. Uh, 
Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders if he's in the lineup. Uh, it's kind of crazy to say that he's a big upgrade over his backup, but uh, Trevor Simeon is a big upgrade over his his backup. He's averaging uh, 7.4 yards per attempt on the year, which is pretty solid. That's right in the middle of the middle of the pack, and um, this is this is shaping up to be a nice matchup. I can't believe that we're going to talk about Rex Burkhead. I I can't remember the last time I mentioned Rex Burkhead. Uh, fine running back out of the University of Nebraska. You you mentioned him as a sneaky start. Yeah, he's been sort of biding his time there, uh, waiting for a chance to play behind uh, Giovanni Bernard. Uh, last week he had eight uh, carries for 38 yards. He had four catches for 28 yards. Uh, played 42 percent of the snaps. That sounds a lot like a. Uh, Giovanni uh, or Giovanni Bernard uh, stat line, uh, and then he's got the the matchup there with the the favorable matchup with the Browns. So uh, Jeremy Hill uh, is the better start, but Hill did not run the ball well last week, um, and uh, uh, Burkhead did. And what's funny is I, when I'm typing in a text edit here on my Mac, whenever I type Burkhead, it changes it to bulkhead. So I have to get that get on that and get that. <laughs> Fix, but um, you know if if, if the the Bengals if, if Hill comes out and struggles a little bit more, I think they might it might even turn uh, to Burkhead a little bit more because he did run the what ball well last week, four point seven five yards per attempt. Uh, week twelve against Baltimore, very good rush defense, five carries for twenty nine yards, five point eight yards uh, per attempt, and he's he's a good receiver as well. So uh, he might surprise there with a with a hundred yard uh, game, maybe a touchdown. Let's give it another another running back. Excuse me. How about Quiz Rogers? You know, Doug Martin. He was banged up a little bit in the the end of the game last week against the Chargers, and Quiz Rogers really took over on the final key drive for the Buccaneers when they went up twenty eight to twenty one, wound up hanging on. Quiz Rogers has been a very good player for the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers this year, and you got him listed as a sneaky start against the Saints. Yeah, there's some rumblings that uh, he may see more work uh, this week. Uh, Doug Martin was kind of banged up. He missed the final three drives uh, last week, but he's not uh, on the injury report that I can see. Uh, so he's expected to start and get and, and get the you know the bulk of the carries. But uh, they like what they have in, in Rodgers. I mean, he's averaging four point four uh, yards per carry on the on the year. He you know mid season there he had a, a three game run that was pretty strong. Thirty carries, hundred yards against Carolina. Twenty six carries for one hundred fifty four yards against uh, the Forty ers and then. 19 uh, carries for 69 yards and a touchdown uh, against Oakland in week eight. And then he uh, got injured. Um, but he, uh, you know, he's dangerous in the passing game. And this is a matchup with the Saints, which is uh, a good matchup for running backs. 24th and adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs and it should be a high scoring game. And uh, he could certainly do some damage there as the uh, backup number two uh, running back. You know, it's funny, we were just talking, you made the joke about Chicago Bears, the wide receiver situation there. We should be talking about Alshon Jeffrey and Kevin White, and instead we're talking about guys like Cameron Meredith and Bellamy. Well, look at the Jets situation now, too. Not No Eric Decker, we're not talking about Brandon Marshall. How about Robbie Anderson as a potential sneaky start with Bryce Petty starting again at quarterback? I mean, I do think that, uh, that Brandon Marshall's the better start. Uh, he did have five targets with Bryce Petty, but uh, Robbie Anderson uh, got 11 of uh, Bryce Petty's 25 pass attempts uh, in that game, and it certainly appears like he is looking for Anderson first. I don't know if that will continue, uh, but the matchup with the with the 49ers doesn't get any better. They're last in the league in just a fantasy points allowed to receivers. I think Anderson is definitely the, the better start over Quincy Inunua, who has, has been the second option there, but Petty wants to look for Anderson, and he, he usually is firing it deep. 
Um, he has uh, Anderson responded with uh, just four catches on 12 targets, but uh, he had the 61 yards and a touchdown, averaged 15.3 uh, yards per uh, reception, played 81% of the snaps. And he's, uh, it's, you know, it's not a concern that his snaps are going to drop. He's been playing about 80, 90% of the snaps uh, for the last, uh, I don't know, yeah, 10 games. So uh, he's been out there. If he's out there with Petty, who likes to target him, he should he should be able to produce. You know, I mentioned Michael Floyd earlier. I have him on my bench right now, but with Julio Jones banged up, I may have to ro- roll with Michael Floyd with uh, one of the wide receivers that you list as a sneaky start here. Yeah, the upside here with Floyd is or is reason why I consider him a little bit safer than he's been this year is uh, the, the struggles that John Brown's going through with the sickle cell trait. They, they want to limit him to 20 snaps, and what that does is open up a lot of playing time for uh, Michael Floyd, uh, for J.J. Nelson. But Floyd, if you look at last week against Washington, he had eight targets. He only had three catches for 18 yards, but he did have the touchdown. Um, the, the key there, though, is his snap percentage. It was 92%, uh, which is the second, second highest uh, snap percentage of the year. Uh, and he's a, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, he's uh, been very productive when he gets six plus targets, uh, uh, like four catches for 78 yards or so, I think 0.4 touchdowns. Um, I tweeted, uh, that out to a guy who was, uh, c- complaining about Michael Floyd's drops, um, saying that all he's going to do with more targets is drop the ball more. Uh, but I think with a pretty good matchup against the Dolphins, uh, he's worth rolling out there. He is in a contract here. He's motivated. Uh, and if he's playing 90, 95% of the snaps, uh, he's going to have a chance to, to, to put up some numbers as well. And then let's do one more. We'll get, we'll hand out a tight end. Kobe Fleener has flat out ruined a lot of my uh, fantasy mm-hmm. teams this year. And I don't appreciate that you list him among your, sne- your sneaky starts this week. Yeah. Now, cause now he's going to be great. Cause uh, Josh Hill is out with a, he's been losing snaps to Josh Hill. Uh, he's been playing anywhere between 25, 50% of the snaps over the last couple of months, but with, with Hill out, uh, his, his, uh, snap percentage jumped last week. Um, and he, he's a player that, uh, like most will do a lot better when he gets targeted when six plus he's had five, five games, six plus targets. He's averaged 68 yards and 0.4 touchdowns. Um, you have, uh, or Chris Raybon also uh, followed up my tweet about, uh, Fleener with, uh, a tweet that he's, uh, led the, or second in the league, I think in red zone targets over the last month. As well, so he is being targeted in the red zone. Uh, he'll have a chance to make plays. Whether or not he makes actually makes those plays uh, is another question. But tight end position is, is pretty dicey. Once you get out of the top four or five players, um, it, it really it, it does look like Fleener is set up for a nice game this week uh, against the Buccaneers, uh, especially with Michael Thomas beat up. Um, you know, Mark Ingram not one hundred percent. Maybe they are calling uh, some some pass plays for Fleener down in the red zone. Before we sign off, let's hand out some ATS picks. Looks like your guy, John, he's got a, he's got a handful of picks this mm-hmm. week. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I was taking a drink. I thought you were going to talk longer. I should have I talked longer. Yeah, sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll list these in uh, descending order uh, in terms of how far away he, he predicts the game versus the line. So the, the first ones I will mention um, are stronger plays than – the last few, but Carolina has, is his play of the week. Uh, Carolina minus two. And he likes uh, Green Bay plus three uh, at home against the the Seahawks. He likes Arizona plus one. Uh, New Orleans plus two and a half. Cincinnati minus five and a half. Uh, Buffalo plus two. Philly plus one. So those last several, he um, is picking 
uh, about a touchdown, seven points away from uh, whatever the line is. And he, that's enough for him. I think he, once he gets to the seven point threshold, that's when he recommends it as a pick. And I'm going to give you three bonus over unders, uh, as well. The biggest one is the Atlanta, uh, LA. He likes the under. He, he, he picks that game to be 20 points lower than, uh, the over under that where it's set right now. Uh, some of that might have to do, uh, with the, I mean, I, I, I don't know how much he's looking at the, the Julio Jones situation, but, um, if, if Jones is out, I really feel like, uh, Atlanta's scoring upside is, is going to be diminished. Uh, and then Miami, Arizona, he likes the over. He's 13 and a half points, uh, uh, over there, over, uh, under. And, uh, the Green Bay Seattle, he likes the under. He's 11 points, uh, under. So what do you got there, Anthony? I, I do love that Atlanta, LA under. I think regardless of what, you know, I, like you said, I don't know if he's looking at the injury, injury situation for Atlanta or not, but regardless, with no Julio Jones, you got Mohamed Sanu that he's, he's also out. Uh, I should say Julio Jones is a game time decision. He likely won't play. Jake Matthews, the left tackle's banged up. I think the Falcons are really going to have to rely on the running game against the Rams, try to slow down Aaron Donald in that pass rush a little bit. So I, I do like the under in that game. I think the trap, the biggest trap game of the week is Steelers Bills. And I see that he mm-hmm. lists the Bills. As a pick, that line's now up to three. People are going to be all over the Steelers, and rightfully so. I think that's a trap game. I would go with the Buffalo Bills on that one as well. I take the points again now up to three points on that one. One other game that I really, really like this weekend is the uh, Baltimore New England game. Now it's not until Monday night, actually. So I'll, I'll save I'll save my my pick on that one. But I, I like the Philadelphia Eagles getting plus two and a half points. They have played really well at home this year where they've struggled has been on the road. Now, John's Packers went to Philly on Monday night a couple weeks ago and they took care of business, but you know, Washington seems like they're falling apart a little bit as the, the month, the month uh, becomes December. So I like the Eagles getting the points there. I'm looking at some home dogs. So Buffalo, Philadelphia, and then I'll give you one more home dog. How about Miami bouncing back after being embarrassed last week against the Baltimore Ravens. They're getting two points against the Arizona Cardinals. So I like Miami to bounce back in that one too. I'm looking at a couple of outright wins for these home dogs. So that's what I like. Excellent. That will do it for us. John Paulson, you can follow him on Twitter at uh, 4 underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. We will see you on Monday's edition of 444.com. If you're playing in some playoff games this weekend, and most likely you are if you're listening to this podcast, best of luck to you. I hope you beat the competition. And again, we'll see you on Monday.